Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, Hockey Bulls fans, to another episode of the Chicago Bulls Sports Ethos Coverage Show. I am your host, Keith Gork, and I am joined by my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. And Trey, I um, say those words in a different order, I think every other time at least. Um, and, and so there you go. Just just whatever order you want to put those in, uh, go for it. But uh, man, we are here to chat with you guys here uh, on the Sports Ethos Network as well as the Dash Radio Network about the Chicago Bulls. Um, I've got some Bulls bullet points for us to cover today, Trey. Uh, and But we'll start off here. We're going to recap a, a big win tonight. We're, we're uh, recording here right after um, a win by the Chicago Bulls over the uh, Indiana Pacers. Um, closer than I would have liked it to be, uh, Trey. They, they win 122 to 115, but um, a little bit too sweaty for my uh, liking. How about you? I only saw the last maybe nine minutes of the game. The first play I saw was the brilliant defensive play by the Bulls where they rotated perfectly where Vooch blocked the shot and forced the shot clock violation. So I got to see from then on. It was it was one of those games you, you felt like they were just going to lose. But I was, I was really encouraged to see Io be given the ball and to be given the chance to, you know, take over. Yeah, Ayo Desumu, um was just absolutely incredible tonight. Um, can't give him enough credit, man. This guy, he's a rookie. He doesn't play anything at all uh, like a rookie. Um, just ice cold blood running through that guy's veins, man. The moment was big and uh, came up with a huge dunk to seal the deal there at the end. Six of nine from the floor. Didn't take a ton of shots as he uh, usually doesn't, but still 15 points. Just super efficient. 14 assists, obviously, is the big story of the night. Uh, and only two turnovers, Trey. So, but these assists, man, I know you said you didn't watch a ton of the game. I watched uh, basically all of it. And, uh, you know, there, my son was kind of running around and distracting me here and there. But uh, every assist that I saw was just an incredible, like, Showtime Lakers uh, Magic Johnson pass. Like, it, not, not in transition like like Magic would do, but, like, you know, in traffic, 
making the right pass it just seemed like such an easy it seems like it seems so easy it seems like the right pass to make and uh, that's just kind of uh, that's what you want from a point guard man and uh, obviously I, I I can't say anything about him not being a point guard now he's got all the chops to be a point guard in this league um, obviously the Bulls are all set in that in that category when Lonzo Ball gets back but man um, like you said just just incredibly impressive man uh, two or three for me on the arc too I mean just just doing everything on the floor. He he also added something that I think is new to his repertoire. That one of his I think it was his last assist and his biggest one where it was the pick and roll with Vooch and he gets the defender on his back and he does that that tactic where you kind of stop with the defender on your back and you literally just put the defender on your back and force the defense in front of you to kind of have to make a choice and he he just threw an excellent bounce pass to Vucevic got him a wide open layup to kind of put the game, you know, almost put the game away. I think that got them to 120 before the IO dunk. And it was just seeing him continue to add to his game. Have you have you noticed him doing that before or is that new? Is that new to all Am I seeing things or or is that new for him? Uh you know, it's not something that I've recognized or noticed, so I, I don't I don't believe it's something that I've seen out of him before. Um I mean, obviously that that leads me to my next point though. Is I wonder if being him landing in Chicago and being with DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, you know, Lonzo Ball, uh, all these you know, veterans that uh, have been in the game for a minute has really helped him to develop faster than he would have otherwise if he would have been drafted where he should have been drafted, Trey, which was, you know, I would say top 10 pick, right? I mean, easily top 10, probably top five the way he's been playing this season. But uh, I don't know, you know, if he would develop and be this good if he ended up in a situation like that. What are your thoughts on that? I do think this was the best case scenario for him in terms of landing spots. Not only is it home for him, so he has a comfort level there, but it's also, like you said, the teammates around him. And not just the talent, but the willingness of that talent to kind of learn, to to be that mentor. You saw DeMar drive down to Champaign for the, the Jersey retirement. And you, you know that I was comfortable playing at home because he stayed home when he went to college. Like, this isn't someone who ran away from Chicago. So he's happy to be a Chicago Bull. It's something, you know, I'm just, I don't, I don't know if he went to, say, the Sacramento Kings, if he would be this good. Yeah, uh, I have the same thoughts. And um, again, guys, you are here at the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. And uh, I want to take a minute here before we proceed here. Uh, to break down this Pacers-Bulls game and talk a little bit of Bulls notes. Uh, I want to let you guys know, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Um, yeah, Trey, I, I think I agree with you entirely there. Uh, so just to kind of back up and talk about the entire game, give, give Iowa's love. Obviously, Booch. Um, we got to talk about him some more. We're going to talk about him at the tail end of the show, though, so I don't need to go too in-depth about him. But speaking of Vooch, the tallest player in the starting lineup trade tonight on the Indiana Pacers, can you guess how tall they were? 6'7". That's right. You're correct. Do you know who it was? Not a clue. Tory Craig was the tallest player on the Indiana Pacers I, starting lineup Your tonight. man. My guy, my guy that I want the Bulls to go get, especially now that we don't have Robert Covington as a as a uh, uh, an option. We'll talk about that later in the show too, guys. So do stick around. Uh, well, but yeah, Tory Craig. <laughs> yeah. You didn't. You did not tell me 
when you were selling Tory Craig that he could also play some center. This is news to me. So, mm. you know, maybe I need to come around on the Tory Craig train. He's a, he's a big guy, man. You could see him out there. Uh, I know you didn't watch a ton of it, but you know you could see him out there during the game. He was very active uh, for the uh, Indiana Pacers. I actually don't even know what his stat line was. I'm trying to pull that up here. Um, looks like he probably grabbed quite a few rebounds, I would think. Six. Six rebounds, two offensive, though, which is nice. Two blocks, uh, which is really nice. Five points, uh, 39 minutes. So didn't didn't show up a ton in the box score, but I felt like he's definitely an imprint on the game, which is exactly the type of player the Bulls need. I'm telling you, Trey, I like this guy as a fit, especially now that uh, one of my other top targets here is off the board. But, um, yeah, Torrey Craig, I like his game. But, anyways, he was the tallest player on the Pacers, so that allowed the uh, Vucevic, Vucevic to just go insane. Uh had his highest career total, uh, not career total, sorry, highest total of the season tonight at 36 points, grabbed 17 rebounds, uh, three offensive, had uh, three blocks. They were all pretty much, I think, back-to-back-to-back in that fourth quarter, I want to say. Um, so just an incredible game by Vooch. Um, we needed it. It was awesome. I, I was so sick and tired of all season saying, uh, you know, I'm looking for Vooch to take advantage of the of the size difference here and him just not being able to do it. And tonight he more than did it. He did everything he could possibly uh, want him to do. So uh, my hat's off to that fella. But yeah, man, I, I just didn't have a lot of interest in this game because uh, yeah, the Pacers are just so banged up and the Bulls obviously no Kobe White tonight, no Zach Levine tonight. I uh, just felt like a you know a C league a C level matchup of these two teams and uh i just wasn't super interested in it <laughs> do, do you understand my my hesitancy there 100 while it's a game that counts towards the standings if you were at the end of the season to pick a bulls game to go back and watch you're not watching this to try and get an idea of what a healthy bulls team would look like you might watch this game because you want to see io and how he performed because he had such a good game 14 assists two turnovers that's an excellent game. You might see what Vucevic did. But in terms of wanting to scout the Bulls or the Pacers, this it's it's wasted tape. Yeah, it's uh, it's just not something we can take a lot of things away from. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, again, Io, great. Vooch, great. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., I thought, had a, you know, positive, good game. Matt Thomas stepped in there and had a few good moments. Um, I, I, will, I do want to yeah. correct myself, though, something I just thought of. I did. I mentioned earlier that Io got to take control late in the game. I really liked that Billy Donovan put the ball in his hands and then worked place worked the plays into DeRozan instead of having the ball start with DeRozan and letting the letting the defensive team just immediately trap and be you know just be in their set defense and trap from it. Having Io and Vooch run the pick and roll, getting that defense having to rotate and move, and then getting the getting Demar the ball while the Pacers defense was moving and you know having to figure out what they were doing, that gave Demar that second and a half. He need that's all he needs to be able to figure out what he's doing and to get to his shot. I I thought that was really excellent play calling from mm. Donovan, and I I hope we continue to see them sprinkle that in and not depend on the DeMar DeRozan isolation at the end of games. And I know, Trey, uh, we did, we're not going to do it tonight because we had some things come up, but I know we are planning on doing some midseason grades. So I'm, in, I'm curious to see what your uh, midseason grade is here for, for Billy Donovan, which is something I want to get from you also uh, compared to my midseason grade. But I, I do agree. I think um, it was a decently – yeah, he, he had some uh, adjustments that I, I liked tonight. Uh, one of those that you mentioned there, that was, that was awesome. Uh, defensively, though, this game was just uh, – 
hard to watch both sides. There was just no defense played at all. Um, obviously they played to a total of 237 points. If I can do math correctly. Yeah. Um, it, it's just the transition defense is like, it's, it's giving me flashbacks trade of, of coaching fourth grade basketball. It's like, it's just so bad at times that um, I just want to like, not, I just want to flip it off, but uh, I hung in there. Bulls win. Uh, we'll take it. Um, again, not much to take away from this game. Just so many people out on both sides. I just don't think we have to talk about it at nauseum. So we are going to move on to some other Bulls bullet points. Um, happy that the Bulls got the wins. But before I do move on, guys, I want to also tell you guys that we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to go to 100% deposit match bonus and your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team, which includes me, Keith, or a podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And you can actually go to my um, Twitter page here, at Keith on Twitter, at Keith, And you can check me out there, guys. And there is a uh, sign-up link there as well. Each first deposit match up to 100, as I just said. So uh, go click that, sign up, uh, and we'll get winning, man. Just follow me on Twitter. I, I post uh, plays on that all the time. So Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good stuff. But, uh, Trey, we're going to talk so just some general bull stuff here. Uh, you know, again, people will be listening on, uh, I believe, Sunday here on Dash Radio. So hello, all you Dash Radio listeners. Please follow our show at Eat Those Bulls and uh, check us out. But uh, we just want to cover some some basic stuff here. So uh, obviously today we had a big trade. Uh, we are still, how many days are we out from the deadline? Um, 
I think a little over, no, under a week, a little under a week. It is so six days out, I believe, from the deadline. And we had our first big trade here. The big trade is Clippers are getting Norm Powell uh, and Robert Covington from the Blazers, and the Blazers are getting in return Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second round pick. First of all, uh, we're going to break down what this means for the Bulls, but uh, a lot of chatter on Twitter today, Trey. Uh, and I know you were working all day, so you haven't had a ton of time to think about it, but give me your initial thoughts about this uh, trade here. Steal for the Clippers? Pal yeah. for me is someone who I think will fit excellent in that system. Covington is fine. I'm lower on Covington than you are, but to not have to give up a first-round pick and to be able to get Powell – and when you your own when your owner is Steve Ballmer, he's already you know he's already in on this team. When you have Kawhi and you have Paul George, it's all about getting the talent to play now. And Pal is another you know guy for Ty Lue to have to work miracles with. Yeah, um, I think that's the general consensus of Twitter. I I, I, I agree. I can't um, no matter how I work this in my head or or try to think it through. Um, it looks like the Clippers probably had two main goals here is to get on the luxury tax, which they accomplished, obviously. You mean um, the Blazers? I'm sorry, the Blazers. Yeah, get on the luxury tax, uh, which they accomplished, and to get out of that Norm Powell contract. Um, I believe he, it was a five-year contract, and I believe he's in the first year of it. Um, they just extended him. If, I, if I'm correct, I'm not entirely sure. We'll have to look that up. Um, but, yeah, so they wanted to get out of that. They had a little bit of buyer's remorse with the Norm Powell. They just didn't like what they saw with his meshing with uh, with Dame and CJ, which uh, I think is obvious. I don't understand why they would ever think that would work. Um, I think you either have to have either CJ or Norm Powell. I think they occupy very much the same space on the basketball court. So uh, so they get out of that contract, and that might have been their biggest dri- driving factor here. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it's a, it, he has a four. He has four years left after this year. Okay, yeah. 16.8, so is, 16.8 million, 18 million, 19.2, and 20.5. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit of money, but I, I, it's a great fit for the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to love having Norm Powell. They do need a, a scoring punch, especially next to Kawhi and and, and, Pete, and Paul George. And I think the Clippers are definitely you know gearing up for next season still. Uh, I know a lot of people are chattering about does this mean Paul George returns? Does this mean Kawhi Leonard returns? And I don't I don't see it happening, or, or maybe they do, but. I don't think they're going to rush them back to try to win this season. I think they're going to take whatever wins they get this season and just gear up for a potential title run next season. I think Norm Paul is a fantastic player, like you said, uh, especially in this situation. Uh, Robert Covington, I I think that was just maybe just salary filler or something. I, I he's he's on an expiring deal. Um, I don't really see him even resigning with the Clippers. So maybe the Bulls get him in the offseason, Trey. Uh, but. Uh, uh, no, that you know I think um, for, as far as the Blazers getting what they got back, um, just. Not not a lot. Uh, Eric Bledsoe uh, washed. I mean, he's he's okay. Uh, Justice Winslow, uh, I, I don't know, a little bit of a dice roll there. He could end up being okay. Just he's so limited in what he can do uh, offensively without a jump shot. Uh, Keon Johnson's the one appealing guy, and I know a lot of Twitter's all over this. Uh, and we don't know a lot about him because he hasn't had a huge opportunity. But this is a guy that uh, has a lot of gifted athletic ability. He had the highest vertical leap, I believe, at the combine. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of what people are saying. Like, oh, you know, people aren't uh, valuing this guy in this trade enough. Um, 
I just don't think he's got the ability to be uh, even what Norm Powell is. So, uh, and then they get a second round pick, which, you know, it's, it's whatever uh, second round picks are kind of throwaways at this point. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that obviously I Sumu. So maybe they get an Sumu out of this tray and they, uh, they win this trade. So uh, no man, but uh, it is a rough look for the Blazers, I think. And so, but let's talk about the bulls. What do you think? I mean, obviously we, we're not going to get that pick, right? No. No, that pick's not going to convey. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember. I think it's a top – is it top 15 protected? Is that – Bulls Portland picked. It was a fr- lottery protected. Yeah, so top 14. Uh, first round pick from the Trailblazers. Uh, They're not was, making the playoffs. Yeah, that was in the uh, sign and trade of Laurie Markin to the Cavs that we we traded that. Um, not not going to convey that. So uh, what happens then, Trey? I, I, I'm not too – familiar with that does that mean that we just uh lose out on that pick entirely or does it convert to something else next season or how does that work um let me look uh i'd have to look at real gm to see sometimes they here where is it um and uh it's so it's one through 14 protected this year one through Mm -hmm. 14 protected next year basically it's lottery protected all the way up until 2028 Oh, and if okay. by then they haven't it hasn't conveyed, we get the, a 2028 second round pick. OK, well, um, the one good not I wouldn't say good thing, but one thing that will happen with this is since that pick isn't going to convey uh, and the Bulls aren't going to be able to add a roster spot. And I don't know if they were even going to think about that to begin with. I mean, if we're good enough, I don't know if they really want to be drafting rookies that are you know, projects uh, in the 15 to, to 30 range. Um, so I, I think it's it's good trade bait still because you can still throw in a technical you know first round pick here um, that it won't convey for the team that we're trading it to, but it's something that we can use as a uh, I wouldn't say a sweet during a deal. It'll be a centerpiece of the deal because it, it will convert at some point. Damian Lillard has said that he isn't going we'll to be go leaving down with the ship. Yeah, he's going to be going down with the ship like a good captain. So. Um, so at some point that will convey trade. So I think that is still an enticing piece for a trade. Don't you do, you, do you agree or disagree? Honestly, I have PTSD from the King <laughs> from, from the Kings pick. We, we had the Kings pick when DeMarcus cousins was in his prime and all the Kings had to do was make the playoffs and the bulls right. had this first round pick and <clears throat> it was, you know, around the Lou Alding, Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon type time frame And, for me, with this pick, I'm worried the West The West is pretty stacked. I don't know that Dame is going to be enough to get them into the playoffs, given what they have around them. So I hope the Bulls use it as trade bait, and it's something that they use to, you know, maybe try and acquire a big, like, a, a, you've heard the rumors, Yaka Pirtle down mm. in San Antonio. Maybe send this down that way towards the Spurs and they they hope that they can have a future asset down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that is, I think that's the case that I think what you said there really highlights, you know, it's, it's somebody that's willing, willing to take a gamble that they're going to obtain uh, a young asset that's going to turn into something. And I think it's a, a team like the Spurs would be a good team for that. Um, obviously the Thunder, uh, I mean, at some point they have to actually put players around Shea Gildas Alexander uh, and actually, you know, try to be good, but uh, and Josh Giddy, but um, who knows when that's going to happen? So, you know, a, a team like that, though, they might be enticed by, um, hey, maybe this conveys in a year or two, and you end up getting a 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th pick in the draft. Uh, that could be deep. 
so you know, there is. I mean, is they've a, got so many picks. So. Yeah, but for, right, for the Thunder, yeah. <laughs> there there will probably be a team that looks at that and f- will will be will find it appealing, even if it's a team that's just looking to get rid of someone because maybe they don't want to sign them to an extension. Um, so the other aspect of this, obviously, is that one of my, as I mentioned before, one of my favorite um, targets for the Bulls, and I know you're not as high on him, Trey, but uh, Robert Covington uh, to fill in for that Patrick Williams-type role or to back up Patrick Williams if Patrick Williams hopefully comes back. Uh, he's not going to be available via trade. He could always get bought out. The uh, Clippers are in the luxury tax. Uh, Ballmer, I'm sure, has deep pockets. I'm sure he's not really concerned about paying too much, and he'll probably hang on to Covington. So. I don't think it's likely, but uh, what do you think? Do you think it's possible that Robert Compton gets bought out? Uh, unlikely, unless he just doesn't enjoy being a Clipper. But I don't see. I don't, I don't see enjoy Ballmer. being in LA. I just don't. I don't. I don't know if I buy that trade. I, 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 who doesn't enjoy being in LA? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe him and Reggie Jackson just listen to the complete opposite types of music, and they just don't get along. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe. <laughs> Um, so yeah, probably not going to happen, but if he does get bought out, obviously the, the Bulls could jump on that, but uh, they can't get him via trade now. He can, he's not eligible to be retraded. So, uh, you can pretty much cross him off that list there, uh, Bulls fans, uh, which, you know, sucks for me, but that's okay. Larry Nance though, still on Portland, still a trailblazer. Uh, Trey, you still, still want him? 100%. I would love to be able to add. Larry Nance. Maybe maybe Portland would let us just remove, maybe just give them their pick back. You can just have your pick back. We'll take Larry Nance off your hands. I don't, you know, I think there's no rule against that, is there? I don't think so. Surely there's not. There can be, uh, because I know that the Heat were going to possibly have to waive protections on a pick uh, this last year because they were they were trying to free up something whenever. It was the, the year of Giannis is when it was. Uh, so if you can change protections on a pick, surely you can tr- you can trade back the rights to your own pick. I'm trying to look up um, the other thing. The other aspect here, just kind of thinking outside the box, how this could affect the Bulls is uh, you know NBA teams in the luxury tax. I mean, if this is the asking price for a Norm Powell type level of player. Um, you know, maybe the Bulls can do a package to finagle. I mean, look, the Clippers aren't necessarily in a great cap situation either the clippers have the second highest payroll looks like including luxury tax uh in the nba um so you know maybe this is something where the bulls can finagle like a i don't think the kings are near the luxury tax but like a buddy healed or something from a team uh for this kind of asking price which isn't much i mean they give up bledsoe winslow uh, a young guy like uh, ken johnson maybe we can give up like a marco simonovic uh and a second round pick i mean that's something we could afford to give up right it is the the price is what really surprised me, and I know his contract is a lot, but the salary cap came in. It looks like about two million more than what was ex- expected, mm-hmm. and yeah. that TV money is coming down, you know, right down the road. So for me, his contract. I know these first these next couple of years they might be a little hard to swallow, but that that back end, I don't think it's going to look nearly as poorly. And uh, do you have how old he is? I'm not sure how old Pal is. Um, I want to say he's like 27. Let me see. Don't call age 28. Okay, so that's gonna run, you know, till he's 33. You're gonna get the prime years of Powell, and then then you can just, you know, not resign him. So, to me, I I think it's a good deal. Trying to see. So but, the Golden State. 
Yeah, so the Golden State Warriors are uh, definitely way into the luxury tax. Clippers are way in the luxury tax. Um, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, Los Angeles Lakers. So maybe the Lakers, hey, those Lakers are in the luxury tax. Maybe they're trying to get out of the luxury tax, and uh, I couldn't see that happening. Happening though, unless they trade away LeBron or, or AD. <laughs> Who do the Lakers have that you want? I would be like interested it, uh, in Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, if, if he was healthy, obviously. I don't know his health. We haven't really got many updates on that. But I like Kendrick Nunn. You don't like Kendrick Nunn? I mean, we. I don't I don't think the Bulls need guards. So I, well, I wasn't, they're, they're, like, in my head, I wasn't even, I didn't even think about well, guards. Let me, let me, so. Well, let me tell you, there, that's another rumor here, and that'll kind of take us into the next segment here, just kind of uh, trade deadline rumors we've gotten here. Uh, you've seen that rumor also, Trey. I forgot to mention this to you before we hop on the show, but uh, – the Bulls are in the market supposedly for Dennis Schroeder. I can't remember who reported that. I apologize to whoever did. But uh, Somebody you... from the Celtics. Say, I, I, al- I almost dropped an F-bomb right there. Someone probably. from the Celtics. <laughs> probably, because I don't really see that being a good fit. But, uh, you know, and I know you said the Bulls. The Bulls, they have our set of guard. They've got Caruso. They've got Lonzo Ball. They've got Ida Sumu, obviously. Um, they've got Kobe White. We are set with guards, but we're obviously not healthy right now, right, this very second. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, too, when we talk about their uh, injury report, Trey. But, uh, I mean, say you can get Kendrick Nunn, who's on a, uh, he's on a pretty friendly contract. I think it's like making like $5 million a year or something like that. Uh, not making a whole lot of money. You're not, you're, you'd be against that if they could get that for a second rounder in Samanovich or something like that? I mean, I don't think the Lakers would take that, but uh, maybe they have to throw in – Troy Brown Jr. or something. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade Troy Brown Jr. for Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, it's kind of a lateral move, I guess. Huh? It's it's a bad. And Troy Brown Jr. is he's just a bigger body. He's someone that we can at least throw out there and say, hey, I need you to guard this power forward, and I know you're gonna. I know he's gonna pound you into the ground. We just need you to take it, and Vooch will help you as best he can. That's not something you can do with Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn's making five million uh, this year. And he'll be making five million two hundred fifty thousand next year. It's a player option. I'm sure he'll pick that up. Uh, he's 26 years of age, and he's a Chicago boy. So uh, I love my Chicago boys. But um, well, uh, interesting something to think about. Uh, the Utah Jazz are also in luxury. I don't really see them. Um, I mean, maybe they would trade for a veteran, but I don't think I don't think the Bulls could target them with anything, honestly. And that's really it. I mean, you've got the Sixers and you've got the Celtics, but they're not really that far into luxury tax that they'd probably worry about it very much. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, probably not a good target here for the Bulls to do that. But uh, just kind of curious, and I wanted to look at that with you, Trey, because uh, if that's the asking price for a Norm Powell-level player, I, I would pay that for Norm Powell, uh, wouldn't you? 100, oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, even on this Bulls squad, I think you know if you can add him for that, I mean, just why not? I mean, he's he's not going to be in that negative. Uh, he's going to do what he does. He's going to score baskets. And, and if you need something like that, go for it. So, but yeah, well, uh, trade deadline stuff, man. So uh, Dennis Schroeder, obviously you're not on board with that. Um, and, and like I said, I don't remember who leaked that. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think adding a guard and giving up anything makes sense. I think adding, maybe adding a guard, um, you know, if you can maybe flip a, like a future second or something to get like a Corey Joseph from Detroit Pistons, just to tie us over until Lonzo Ball and uh, Caruso come back. Would you do that? Yeah, I'm I'm up for trading the seconds and Samanovich for basically any depth. Um, I know Samanovich has been playing really well in the G League, and if 
if AK sees any promise in him at all, I'd almost hesitate to even include him just because I I think Vucevic is going to be very valuable in teaching whoever our next center is kind of just how to keep the the offense flowing. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree here. And I was uh, trying to pull up um, Mr. Samanovich's stats. I did just see one earlier today. Uh, I might have sent it to you, Trey. I can't remember where I sent it to. I've got all my notes in different places. But uh, I know he had another giant game in the G League. Um, and we'll talk about him at the end of the show here. Uh, 24 points, 14 rebounds, 8 of 10 shooting in his last game. Um, so just tearing it up in the G League. That's his third big game in a row. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see um, – I, I think trading maybe him or, uh, you know, a second rounder for a uh, – like Corey Joseph, I think. Corey Joseph might be my favorite target out there. He's on the Pistons. He, what's he doing? He's in front of Killian Hayes and uh, Saban Lee and preventing those guys from developing. So I think you can pry him away for pretty cheap. So I'm looking for something like that if you're going to go for a guard. But the other names obviously are a little bit better here uh, that we've been you know kind of exploring uh, according to people. Uh, Trey and the the newest one here. Well, let's go with the newest one first. Uh, the newest target that we have supposedly is Jakob Pertl from the uh, San Antonio Spurs, and I do like that guy's name uh, or that guy's game, I should say. Tell me your thoughts on Jakob Pertl on his hit with the Bulls. That would be a home run, absolute home run. If he if the Bulls were able to add him, he is he his contract is for the next two years. It's very reasonable. Um, after that, he's probably going to command you know, a nice chunk of change, but it's, it expires the same year as Vucevic. So maybe you could kind of swap their, their salary spots is kind of my idea, my idea. Uh, for me, he's a seven foot big, he doesn't shoot three. So we wouldn't have that part involved with it, but he does have excellent touch from the floor. He's, he shoots, Above 60% every year he's been in the league in effective field goal percentage. So whenever he's shooting, he's getting the ball up and getting good shots. He's also getting a lot of assists, his assist to usage comparison. So what that does is it looks at how often they have they have the ball and how many assists they're getting while they're on the court. Like the Jason Tatum has a terrible one, for example. Pirtle, on the other hand, has a really high-rated one and has for the last four years. So he is able to have that playmaking success out there, similar to the Vucevic vein. And I think he's similar to Vuce on the defensive aspect, too. He's he's that same kind of build. He's the same kind of – has the same mobility issues. But he's a smart defensive player who is always in the right spot. He's been in that Spurs system for so long, and it's worn off. Yeah, um, you might talk me more into it. I'm not super – Big on this, uh, Trey. I'm not. Um, I mean, I like Jakob Pertl. I, I do. Uh, I think the. Did I say he's 26? By the he way, is tw- he is 26 years old. I was looking at his, his uh, salary too while you were talking. There, he's making eight million seven hundred fifty thousand this year. Uh, next year, he's going to make nine million four hundred thousand, just about in his year 26 season. And then, like you said, he's expiring. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, the the salary works tremendously. That's a that's a fantastic uh, contract for the next two seasons. You can have him as a backup. I think that is a home run. I think I'm right. I think you're right about that. I didn't think about it that way. I just the way I thought about it initially is I think he the way he's playing in San Antonio, he's a starter level player. Uh, and so putting him on this team, I mean, I don't see how he fits. I, I just feel like he's going to command a 25 
to 28 minute role. I just don't know how that fits next to, you know, Nikola Vucevic and uh, whoever else plays power forward for us, if it's Patrick Williams or whatever. But if he's a backup and and we can make that work, I, I do think you're right. I think that and he does give he does all the things that Vooch we criticize Vooch for. He does that stuff tremendously. The rim protection, um, defense, the, you know, be, you know, just being a strong presence in the middle. I think that's really a plus for him. And I wouldn't wouldn't mind it at all. I think uh, I think it would be a home run. I think you're right there. So um, you talked me into it a little bit. I wasn't initially a little bit hesitant about it, but. Um, but yeah, I, I would like that quite a bit. I think um, I would just wonder what the Bulls would have to give up to get him. What do you think that would be the package we'd have to throw together to get Jakob Pertl? Troy Brown, Samanovic, maybe like a, a future first round pick. Yeah, you have to imagine. I mean, the Spurs, I mean, they're never really in a rebuild mode in, in the Spurs. Like, like they have a lot of good young talent there, obviously. DeJounte Murray. Um, Derek White's pretty decent. You know, they've, they've got Keldon Johnson. I mean, they've got some some good youngish talent. Uh, they've got Primo, obviously. So, I, I, do they want picks? I don't know. Or do they want vets? Or I just don't know what they would want from the Bulls. I don't understand. You know, not sure what they would want. I honestly, I I wrote a piece earlier this year. I expected the Spurs to tank a little bit. Right now, they're sitting seventh in the draft order. If the if the season were to end right now, I this draft has four or five just elite big men, six ten or or taller, a couple set you know seven foot plus, and the Spurs other than Jakob Hurdle, they're kind of set at most of their other positions. So I thought the Spurs might finally bite the bullet and tank this year, and that they haven't really done that. So to me, I'm I kind of thought I expect them to draft a big kind of like their their center of the future. So if, if Pirtle is expendable, I'm just I hope they can find a way to. I would love for the Bulls to be able to nab him. The other guy riding on the uh, San Antonio Spurs, obviously Thaddeus Young, but that'd have to be a buyout. We can't trade for him, unfortunately. But uh, not in. He was in the lineup the other night. Um, I know because they were just so decimated by injuries. But uh, not in the lineup, uh, in the rotation regularly, Trey. So maybe they do buy him out, let him walk, and we can just get Thaddeus Young. How would you feel about Would you rather have Thaddeus Young or Jakob Pertl? Mm, Thad Young. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, just love be, Just because I, I think the Bulls have, a, you know, I think they have legitimate future aspirations at, at being title contenders in the next year or two. And I think Thad Young helps that a little bit more that and I think the relationship he had with Pat Williams with Patrick Williams I think that was really special for him kind of like what Io has with DeMar so to, to be able to see them kind of come back together would be nice and that report by the way of the uh, Bulls having interest in Jakob Pertl came from Mark Stein of uh, at the Stein line you can follow him on Stub, Substack obviously I can't see the full uh, thing because I don't have a subscription unfortunately uh, someday maybe somebody go gift me that subscription so I can go read these things and see exactly what uh, Mr. Mark Stein is positing here because I'm not sure uh, I can't run the the uh, trade machine here while we're talking, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what we'd have to do to to give up here. I mean, obviously, if you throw Derek Jones Jr. in there, that can, that gets it done because he's making a little bit over nine million, so uh, pretty easy to get that done. And it's just a matter of what they would actually want from us uh, would be the question. So keep an eye on that. That's interesting. Uh, the other guy that we that we had rumors about is uh, Mr. Paul Millsap, obviously out of the rotation, also over in Brooklyn. Uh, he chose he chose them over us. We were the second choice. Uh, rumors are that um, he has interest in joining the Bulls should he be bought out, uh, which is looking like that's probably where things are trending, Trey. 
so what do you think about Paul Millsap's fit with the Bulls if if that is all true? I think he would be a really good fit. I didn't I haven't seen what he's been able to do. So I don't know how limited he is he is currently in his old age, you know, old age in terms of basketball sense. So I I'd be skeptical, but he's a he's a big body and right now the Bulls kind of they just need size. They need big guys who can come in and play and be productive. Yeah, this would be like, you know, we're acquiring the we would be acquiring him without giving up anything uh in this scenario. And that would be my asking price here. I mean, I don't want to give up I mean, maybe I give up like a second round pick or something for him. Like, you know, this is kind of what we're willing to part with here. Uh, and, and I'd give up probably, you know, Derek Jones Jr. If, if it came to that, you know, it, it, it'd be fine by me because I think uh, Paul Millsap would be a better backup center than Derek Jones Jr. Ultimately, uh, I do love Derek Jones, but I think Javante Green occupies that same space. I think we've got Malcolm Hill, which um, not nearly as good as, as Derek Jones Jr., but he occupies that same space. We've got Tyler Cook, who's pretty much that same space. I think we've got so many players that fit that um, athletic 3-4 hybrid that um, Derek Jones Jr. is just a $9 million salary cap hold right now for us. I, I think if there's any kind of significant trade that's going to be the piece that moves trey um do you agree with that or am i totally off base yeah he's the he's the guy that's most likely to be moved not because a team wants to acquire him but because his salary makes a deal possible yeah and uh just looking at Millsap's numbers i mean he didn't he barely played in brooklyn uh this season he's played 24 games for them 12, 11 minutes a game uh, last season, he, in 2020, 2021, he played for the Denver Nuggets. That was his year 35 season, so he's 36 years old now. But in his year 35 season, he played 56 games. He averaged uh, nine points, uh, and this is in 21-ish minutes. So this is backup center minutes, right? Nine points, um, 4.7 rebounds, and uh, 1.8 assists. So um, shot the ball 48% from the field just about. Shot the ball 34% from three. Uh, that's actually down uh, – lower than the season before it looks like it's pretty average for him though so he does he hits all the boxes he can step out and hit the three he can um you know defend pretty well i that's the one question that we would have right i think i think we already talked about that in the previous episode it was if we do get paul Millsap at this advanced age he's 36 going to be 37 is he going to be able to have that lateral movement to be able to stay in front of some of the faster more more athletic fours in the league and i don't know if the answer to that trey i think i would probably lean towards no how about you yeah you have to lean towards no because if he had that why wouldn't he be playing right now given those offensive numbers he's able to put up so yeah. he he, he would be a guy yeah he'd be a good body yeah i don't know he can't beat out right now he's not beating out nick clax he's not beating out dayron sharp he's not beating out you know there's a lot of um I would say questionable big men in, in Brooklyn that uh, you would think that if he still had that quickness and that any kind of that ability that he had in Atlanta, um, that he would still be you know playing above those guys. And he's just, it's just, that's just not the case. So uh, not the most exciting guy, but um, somebody that's been rumored to have some connections with the Bulls. Uh, but yeah, obviously uh, there's other trade deadline rumors. We already covered that guys. If you uh, want to go back and listen to our, uh, trade deadline special with Stephen Bagel. That was a great episode. Um, we covered a lot of uh, potential targets, so go check that out. That's just kind of the new stuff here that we just covered uh, from that last episode till now. 
Um, but we're going to move on here, Trey. And before we do, I want to uh, remind everybody to get back to their ad reads and to also uh, stop giving your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotional link at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Yep, we are Sports Ethos, but... Hoopball was our previous name. It's still that for the link. So go get three bonus months on 11 month, 12, no, three bonus months on a 12 month subscription. It's super easy turning it on. Just takes one click. And it works great with streaming services like Netflix or NBA League Pass. Uh, once more, that's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Grab those three bonus months right now, courtesy of Sports Ethos. Um, but Trey, we're going to move on here. Uh, trade deadline is less than a week away. So we're going to know a lot more, you know, in the coming days and we'll definitely cover that as things happen. But just want to talk about where we stand with all of the injuries. And, um, you know, before I, before I delve into just all the different things going on, let's talk about the latest one with Zach Levine uh, and his back spasms, which uh, obviously he played through them uh, not tonight, but last night and didn't look hundred percent to me. What did he did, did I mean, do you agree with that? He didn't look exactly like himself, right? No, not 100%. You know, looks closer to 85%. I didn't think it was he was super affected, but I do think it might have been why he didn't try and take over a little bit down the stretch when things were slipping away. So it's I'm glad he was able to sit and get some rest because – you you want him out there at a hundred percent, but it's nice to know that say it was if it were playoff time he'd be able to go. Yeah, I'm glad he pushed through it, but um, you know the two things I'll point out from that uh, game. I think I did this in our post game show. Uh, the second quarter when he went up for a layup and missed it and grabbed his back. Obviously Billy called a timeout. He said he was fine, uh, but it just did, didn't look very good. And then obviously the other one was the fourth quarter, uh, at the end of the game. Or no, so that was overtime. I think at the end of the game, where uh, against the Raptors, where he missed a layup. That obviously the game was almost decided at that point, but that was a bucket that we needed in order to potentially, you know, give us just a, any kind of shot at uh, tying the game or, or sending into a double overtime. And uh, he missed a layup, and it, it was a pretty—I wouldn't say it was an easy layup; it was contested, but it's a layup we've seen him make many, many times before. So it was a little concerning there uh, to see him missing those. We had a new one, to, another one pop up today too, uh, Trey. In Kobe White, uh, he has a sore groin. I guess he played through it uh, against Toronto. Uh, do you think that was something that maybe hampered him? Because I know we talked about how he struggled in that game. We thought maybe it was the length of the Raptors. Do you think? Um, I mean, obviously that probably played a part in it too. But do you think that groin injury gave him some problems also? If if it was something that was affecting him last game, then definitely there's. Yeah. If if you're if you have that sort of issue, there's there's no way it's not affecting your game. Yeah, um, and groin injuries are always tricky, but for guards especially uh, that rely on their explosiveness, which Kobe does. I mean, you know, on the offensive end, he needs that quick first step to get around people because he is not. He's I think six four is his height is listed at. I don't think he's exactly that tall, but um, he just doesn't. He's not a big. And guy. I, I I do believe he went four of eight in that game. So whenever he was able to just, you know, be a catch and shoot guy and not have to worry about that explosiveness, he, he was fantastic. But whenever he was driving, whenever he was having to put, you know, use the groin, it wasn't up to par. And I did blame it on the length. And I I do think that was probably the majority of it still the length, but 
if his hamstring was hurt, there's uh, it was definitely a factor. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, he can rest up here. It doesn't seem like he's going to miss any additional time, but the Bulls are still just entirely beat up. Obviously, Patrick Williams uh, is back. He could be back before the playoffs. Uh, don't have an exact date on that yet. We I think we calculated it out, Trey. Um, if he does come back, he'll probably play like the last six, seven, eight games of the season uh, before we head into the playoffs. And we're both on board with him coming back. I mean, you know, I know we've, we've talked about this before, but uh, our Dash Radio listeners probably haven't heard us talk about it before, Trey. You and I are both on the same page as far as like, hey, Patrick Williams, assuming we keep him through the deadline, which I think we both want to, um, he needs to play if he's 90% or better, right? Just to get that experience, especially for that playoff experience. Yeah, if he can be out there, I want him out there. But obviously not until he's ready. But as soon as he's ready, there, I don't see any reason to hold him out. Yeah, I mean, you don't. I mean, obviously, the, the only reason you would have to hold him out would be um, any kind of like extenuate if you were going to make the injuries worse or, or something like that and, and really screw up his future uh, in the NBA. But yeah, this is a guy. I mean, he's uh, he's got some question marks about him now because he's been injured so much in his career so far, and he needs to clear up some of those with especially with the the, fan, the Bulls fan base here. Um, we're looking for big – I mean, we're not looking for big offensive contributions from him. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for that defensive pressure, the ability to get from one side of the floor to the other quickly. We're looking for um, rebounding. He's got to be able to help us with the rebounding problem. He's got to be a big body there. He's got to play bigger than he is. I know he's a, a tall kid, but he's not exactly a bulky kid. And so, uh, you know, it, it's something where if he, he if he can come back, like you said, he needs to come back. Show us that he can give us those things so that next season when we go into this and, and hopefully add another piece or two and really get to that championship level, um, which I know we're kind of back and forth about, then we can really say, hey, Patrick Williams, this is really our guy that's going to fit in this spot here, and he's going to give us everything. So um, hopefully he does come back. But outside of him, obviously, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, both of those guys are out uh, until March. Lonzo Ball probably back maybe about a week sooner. But if those guys do come back, they'll probably see about a month of game action here um, before we get to the playoffs, Trey. Uh, and that's just, you know, fingers crossed we don't have a setback because we really need those guys, don't we? That's shown these last couple of weeks without them. The, the Bulls have given up 115 points tonight. They gave up 127 to Toronto. 120, uh, 115 to Orlando, 116 to Portland, 131 to San Antonio. Like the the Bulls haven't held an opponent under 100 points. Well, they held Milwaukee under 100 points, but they still lost. So does that count? You get my point. It's been forever since the Bulls were able to hold a team under 100 points, and I know that's not something that teams do very often in today's NBA, but. It felt like earlier in the season, the bull, the Bulls were able to lock down some teams. Yeah. And there's no locking down anyone on the perimeter. Yeah. They were a top, um, you know, five defense in the first three, four weeks of the season um, with our full squad. And then they just kept slipping. And now they're absolutely terrible watching defense, man. I, I 
And, you know, it's not like I'm not going to – I know I joked earlier when we talked about the Pacers game saying, hey, I, I wanted to flip off the game. I mean, I'm not going to do that. I'm a Bulls fan through and through. I'm going to watch no matter what it is. And, and obviously, we're still winning basketball games. We're not winning them the way I want to win them. We talk about Chicago basketball. You talk about Bulls basketball. Uh, you talk about Bears football. You talk about Cubs baseball. You talk about any anything Sox baseball. Whatever you want to talk – you know, Chicago. It's uh, hard work, you know, working class. We're going to put our nose to the grindstone, get things done. Taj Gibson, right? One of my, I wouldn't say one of my all-time favorite players, but he embodied that, man. Hard hat, lunch pail, right? That's what Stacey Heaney always said. And that's why the team loved, that's why the city loved Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, same thing. Yeah, same, same thing. Um, just guys that work hard. And and um, so, you know, that that's what we're looking for here. And that's what we want. So, um I would love to see Lonzo Ball back. I would love to see Alex Caruso back. Uh, I need that hard-nosed defense. I need what those guys were bringing on the defensive end. I want to see Bulls win basketball that way again. I don't want to see them winning 120 to 115. It's just not. I want to see them winning 120 to 80. I want to see them just stomping people. I want to get back to the, some of the Thibodeau-era victories where you just you just the starters play all four quarters even though we were up 20, 25 points. That was my kind of basketball track. I don't know about you. I know there is some – controversy there and obviously Derek Rose blew out his knee and uh I I was a little upset about that but uh I, I enjoy I, that stuff man <laughs> I just want to see this team healthy because I think it's I think when healthy this team is deep enough that we could have our our bench in and still be able to put up numbers so that that's all I'm after and it just can't come soon enough yeah it's just it it doesn't concern me too much. I mean, it's not because we're still winning basketball games, but you look at like the, we just played the Pacers. So this is fresh in my mind. This game was not an easy win. It was a hard, I mean, obviously we had a lot of people out. We had Zach Levine and, and Kobe out also, but not an easy win. And the last game we played against them, um, I think, do we have Zach Levine in the last one? I don't remember. I don't, I can't remember exactly, but we, we won on the last second three from DeMar DeRozan. I remember that much. So it's a, uh, I wouldn't say it's concerning, Trey, but it is something to – it is something that's in the back of my mind because it's like, hey, how do I exactly – you know, is this exactly a legitimate first-place team or is this you just You want to see the Bulls put these teams away. Yes. I want to see them put them away convincingly uh, before I'm actually convinced that this is a true championship contender because we've seen first-place teams in the last seven – you know, however many seasons. I don't – I don't know if the I don't know the percentage of teams that were ended the regular season in first place that went on to win the championship, but I don't think it's high. I don't think it's high. So, uh, and I'm looking at the part that, of go ahead. part of the reason I was so high on Billy Donovan using Io as the creator late in the game and getting getting DeRozan the ball in the rhythm of the offense is to kind of fix that habit of not being able to put teams away. I feel like the la- you know, this last three weeks, especially whenever it's, it's been the DeMar DeRozan show because Zach's been out with things. And then even when Zach's in the, the last six minutes or so, it's the DeMar DeRozan show for the last, you know, three weeks. It's been DeMar's going to isolate. He's going to get to his spot, take a shot. And teams have just started hard doubling him to the point that he, he can barely get rid of the ball and being able to f- force those transition 
baskets force the Bulls to play so fast, that lets teams create those possessions to create that chaos and to get back into the game. So for Donovan to be able to start protecting against that, I'm hoping we see the Bulls start to put these teams away. So that's something to look for down the stretch of the season. Can the Bulls be more effective at just closing the door on these guys? Yeah, Um, I agree. And I want to see that happen for sure. I'm I'm looking at our margins of victory here. Uh, The Bulls do have a few blowouts under our belts. We've got three of them, I would say. Um, Detroit Pistons, they beat them by 46 points back in January 11th. Um, Beat the Orlando Magic by 35 points on November 26th. Beat the Brooklyn Nets by 23 points on November 8th. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Everything else is, I would say, uh, you know, a, a game. Uh, it's a game that we had to, you know, play through and, and, and play hard the whole way. Uh, and even 23 points isn't even really a, a blowout. That was the, and Brooklyn was on a back-to-back there, as I remember. So, um, we've had our, we've had, we've had more blowout losses, Trey, than we've had blowout wins. I'm actually looking at this now. Uh, if you're going by 23 points, which is what we won by that one, we've had one, two, three, four, five, six losses by 23 points or more. So that's twice as many losses as we had wins by that margin. So, yeah, every game is just a grind, man. I mean, that could be a result of just how we get our baskets and how poorly we defend without you know, Alonzo Ball and Caruso. Um, but I think getting these guys back healthy is going to be really key. A few other guys out that we didn't mention. Um, obviously, we've got uh, Mr. Derek Jones Jr. is out. He's also hurt himself uh, again while he was already injured and he's targeting a mid-March uh, return here, which I just don't know if he's even going to be on the team at that point. If he is, I just don't, I don't know if he's, let me ask you this, Trey. Let me, let me ask you to give me your answer here. Do you think Derek Jones Jr. suits up in a Bulls uniform again this season and, and sees the floor in a game? No, I think he, I think he ends up being traded. That's a good, that's a, yeah, that's, a good possibility. And even if that doesn't happen, I think by that time, you know, he's going to come back maybe mid to late March. And we're probably, I would think we're going to add somebody here at the trade deadline. Uh, and if, even if he's not gone, I just don't see him reentering the, the rotation here. He was pretty much out of the rotation to start the season. And then injuries to Patrick Williams, Jonte Green, got him back in the rotation. He played well. And I enjoyed everything, every second of it. Um, he's a good, you know, solid player. He brings a lot to the table. So I, I think. If he's not traded, I think he suits up and plays as the small ball five and in break, you know, break in case of emergency situations. I think that's something he he could be capable of doing. That is possible. That's possible. Um, and that's it. That's the, that's all the guys that are injured here. That's one, two, three, four, five, six guys. If you're including Kobe White and Zach Levine, which I am um, right now, but, uh, hopefully those guys will be healthy here for our next one, which I believe is Sunday. Uh, we could actually, we could actually get a day off Trey, which is fantastic. Uh, the Bulls are in the middle of four games in five nights, which is uh, just absolutely brutal, but, uh, we'll manage. I think it's like seven and 10 also seven games in 10 days. So, um, just a, a lot of basketball to be played here. The, the Raptors game was the makeup game from earlier in the year that was postponed. So adding it into an already very busy NBA schedule is not, it's not good for a team for a Bulls team that has been just decimated by injuries still. So um, let's talk re- briefly here about Nikola Vucevic and his just absolutely strong play over the last, I would say, nine games or so. And I know you're you were more of a Nikola fan to start the season than I was uh, just when he was in that really bad stretch of games. So I'm going to let you lead this off, my friend. 
tell me uh tell me all the good things you're seeing with Nikolai and, and why is he why is he turning it around now I feel like he's turning it around because he's the his role is just open things up for him he the shots that he was missing earlier in the year they're they're not they're falling for him and he he hasn't been shooting as much from behind the line most games uh the game before I felt like he shot more, but it seems like he's really started to get more comfortable taking his time in the post. I think that's what I've noticed over these last nine games. Whereas before, it was like there were so many guys who who needed to have the ball, who needed to get their touches, who needed to do this and that. That even when Vooch would get the ball, he he would always look to pass extremely quickly, which. Most of the time, that's what you want. You want the ball moving. You want your center to be able to keep that ball moving, to keep the defense rotating, and to give someone that opening. But when you have the talents that Vooch has on the offense, you know, posting guys up, being able to, you know, spin off both shoulders, up and unders, whatever you want, Vooch can do it. And I think he's really taken his time on the offensive end and just settled in. So what what do you think as as the Vooch hater? <laughs> what is it that has made you think? Okay, I'm glad I'm glad he's doing this now. I'm glad to see this. I don't hate Vooch as much anymore, just with half my body. All right, so so you're overselling my my Vooch hatred there a little bit. I'm not a Vooch hater. I just expected more from him. Um, we gave up a lot to get him, and I think he's giving us what we wanted now. Um, but I, I do think he's gotten more comfortable. I do think he's got a different level of confidence uh, on the offensive end. Well, I don't even know if I can say that because he was taking shots with confidence even before that. It looked like it to me. I think I know we talked before about him maybe having the yips, um, which I think there was a real thing there. I think there was just, you know, he was just he just had such bad body language. And that's something that I particularly pick up on really well. And I don't see that as much anymore, even when he misses a shot. I think having good teammates around him has helped him a lot. I think having Demar and Zach there, who are just genuinely nice guys, like they're not guys that are just going to get fired up at their teammates. I've never seen Zach Levine really. I mean, I've seen him jaw at a teammate, just get animated about a game, but I've never seen him get like you know mean with a teammate. And Demar, he's hugging people constantly, man. I mean, you've seen it too all over Twitter. This guy's just like he's like a love fest. It's awesome, man. So um, that's what that's what makes him happy. It seems like he's so much happier too in the, with the Bulls than he was like with the Raptors and with the Spurs. Um, just seems like he's just in a, a really good place right now. So I just can't see those guys putting Vooch down for having bad games. I'm sure they're lifting him up. And I'm sure that helped him out. So I think it was just a rough patch, and I do think he was turning it around. Um, some of the things I was seeing though that. He is doing better, and I think you're right there. You know, he's 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 picking his spots. Just just to put it in my own verb, my own language here, he's picking his spots a lot better, and really getting to areas where he's comfortable, and he's not forcing anything anymore. I felt like he was really trying to force things up in mismatches, and when you're just not feeling it and not having a good game, you need to find other other ways to score. I think he's doing a better job mixing it up like that. So, you know, if a mid-range isn't falling, now I'm going to go to the post more and put up more hook shots. If the hook shot's not falling, I'm going to do more pick and pop in the mid-range or, or, you know, more spotting up the three-point line. I just think he's doing such a better job at picking when and where to get those shots uh, himself. Because I think 
I was blaming a little bit of Bill. I like to blame Billy Donovan. Obviously, I like to blame the coaches, but I was blaming him. Not, I was blaming the coach, Billy Donovan. I'm not putting Vooch in the right spots, but I think that he was always able to get to those spots. And I just think now he's just got a better mix of those shots. Here's a, here's a question. Do you think that Io has been able to put Vooch in positions to score with his playmaking ability? Because I feel like a lot of a lot of Io's assists are to Vucevic. It's a good point, and they are. Um, it's a fair point because in those last nine games, how long has Lonzo been out? That's a good question, actually. Because I, I love I love Lonzo, and I think Lonzo is a great playmaker for Vooch. But I just feel like I feel like Io. Every time I'm I'm looking up, it seems like Io and Vooch are just they have this kind of nice connection. Well, Lonzo's been out the last 11 games, so there might be something to that, Trey. And uh, I think when Lonzo was in, I think what we saw a lot of with the Bulls was a lot of scoring and transition, a lot of defense turned into offense, which, um, you know, that doesn't benefit Vooch a lot. I think Vooch's deficiencies were magnified when we needed him most because he was struggling. And uh, so I don't think Lonzo's like I, – I, I don't think you can convince me that Lonzo's bad for Vooch or that they're a bad fit. I just don't – I don't see that at all. Um but you might have something there. You might have something there in the fact that Io elevates Vooch's game more because he's great at getting penetration and then giving him just a drop pass and, and Vooch just goes up and scores easy, easy, easy buckets. And maybe that gives him the confidence to then knock down additional shots. But in these last nine games, uh, Bulls fans, Vooch is averaging 21 points as opposed to, uh, well, I'm looking at the run here. I was like 13. That's all right. 17.1. So he's averaging 21 as opposed to 17.1 points. He's averaging 13.2 rebounds as opposed to 11.5 on the season. He's averaging 3.8 assists as opposed to 3.6 on the season. He's shooting at 53, 52% as opposed to 46% on the season. He's shooting it beyond the arc, 35% as opposed to 33% from the season. Um, from the free throw line, 86% as opposed to 75% from the season. So, and, and stats aren't everything. But across the board over the last nine games, Vucevic has just been better. Uh, and that passes the eye test, right? I mean, do you agree with me? Yeah. It, I mean, I I know it's kind of boring to agree as much as we have tonight. But, yeah, that's that's definitely what I, what you see when you watch the games. Vuce just everything, his it, the entire play has just risen for him. And it couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, he's really nice too. I mean, this whole this whole team is very easy to like. You love Io, you gotta love Io, gotta love Demar, gotta love Zach, gotta love Vooch. I mean, these guys are just Javante. I mean, these guys are all just awesome people. It seems like no one's really got anything, uh, no edge to them. That's like they're not jerks, right? They're just they're just friendly, fun people. Uh, I hope they get a little edge when the playoffs start, though, Trey. <laughs> I hope that they uh, take it to a team I don't like. I don't know who it's going to be. Whoever we match up with, I just hope they take it to them uh, and just give it to them uh, just without, relentlessly without any kind of uh, concern for their feelings. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets score. Go ahead and get, get – the Brooklyn Nets are playing the Utah Jazz as we speak. Go ahead and guess how, how much are the uh, – the Jazz are winning, obviously. How much are they winning by? Oh, what quarter is it? It is uh, the third quarter. 27. 34 points. Ooh, <laughs> 34, <man. yeah. laughs> Obviously, the Nets don't have James Harden tonight. Uh, that's a rough blow for them. But, yeah, that is uh, – oh, that's ugly. That's... Do, they, do they have Kyrie? 
They do. He was two for 12 from the field last I checked. Let's see. Now he is uh, not on the court, so I can't see. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's struggling, too. The, that whole he Nets is team not is not good. Yeah. They're just struggling. Six of 20 from the field is what uh, Kyrie is now. Wow. That's just uh, ow. That's got to hurt. Uh, so that's good. That's good for the, the Bulls, though. Hopefully hopefully the, they don't fall all the way to eight and the Bulls don't see him in a 1-8 matchup. <laughs> Uh, they'd have to make it through the play-in first, but yeah, not, they might. I mean, you, you never know. Um, Bulls are sitting in first, though, speaking of the standings, first by a half a game. Um, and uh, the Heat are behind them, half a game behind. The uh, Sixers are a game and a half behind. Cleveland Cavs are a game and a half. Milwaukee Bucks are a game and a half behind also. So just such a bunching there with the top five. The Brooklyn Nets are now three and a half games behind at six plays. They're falling behind, though, fast. The Raptors might catch them. The Raptors are only four and a half games behind. I think they could catch the Brooklyn Nets, especially if they end up trading uh, James Harden. I don't know if you saw that, Trey. Uh, we can talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, maybe maybe we do we do a bounce around the league episode next one. We can talk about the potential James Harden trade and whether the Raptors might go ahead and pass the Nets regardless of the trade. So yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I, I'm just, if you would have told me that the bulls were still going to be in first place, you know, the, the 4th of February, it would have been very, very hard for me to believe at the beginning of the season. So the, I know a lot of other teams, you know, they haven't been, they haven't been healthy, but that's part of the league this year and for the bulls to still be able to be in first after everything they've suffered in terms of games lost. It's, it really just, it's a testament to this team. I think. It certainly is, man. And uh, it's great to see. I hope the bulls keep it up, but that's going to do it for us today, guys. Um, before we do sign off, though, I want to quickly uh, tell you guys and remind you all to use the coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. But uh, until next time, I'm going to sign off. My name is Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bspkeith. And Trey, where can the good people find you? On Twitter at FinalFinally. And please, please, please follow our show on Twitter at ethos, at, at ethos Bulls, at Ethos Bulls. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing. Just tell us where, we, where we're good, where we're bad. It doesn't matter. Leave us five stars, pop it in there, and help us improve. Uh, we're looking for all of your feedback. But uh, we'll catch you guys a year again soon because the Bulls are playing a lot of games. Man. So we'll talk to you soon, guys. Go Bulls. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.